When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Julia Hartley Brewer Daily. If you missed any of my talk radio breakfast show, don't worry. We've put some of the punchiest bits of this morning's show into a bite-sized podcast. The Julia Hartley Brewer Daily. Enjoy. Online, on DAB, and on the Talk Radio app. Talk Radio. Right now, delighted to welcome at the man of the moment, Chancellor of the Exchequer, Rishi Sunak, to the show. Good morning to you. Hi, Julia. Good morning. Good morning. Lovely to speak to you, sir. Um, now, um, the, the, one of the biggest measures announced yesterday, assuming everyone takes up on it, is that £1,000 bonus uh, for all the firms uh, for, for bringing back every single employee, each employee, £1,000 uh, for bringing out of the furlough scheme. 9.4 million people currently are on the furlough scheme. How many of those do you expect to be in the same job and, and eligible for that £1,000 on the 30th? 1st of January. Uh, Julia, I wish I could give you a precise number. I honestly don't know. What I, I, I don't think that every single person is going to be able to return to the job they had. I think it would be wrong to pretend otherwise. But we do want to reward and incentivize employers to bring as many people as back to the jobs that they had. That's probably one of the best things we can do to protect jobs at the moment. And um, so, you know, hopefully this payment will help make sure that number is as high as possible. But is it is a, a significant intervention. It's, it's, it is. I mean, if it, it would total £9.4 billion pounds, uh, if everyone does it. But is £1,000 enough? Either an, uh, an employer needs that member of staff or they don't need that member of staff. And, and is it right paying the money at the end of January when a lot of them are cash, uh, cash flow poor right now? Well, if, if you look at the earnings distribution and the income distribution of those who are on furlough, which we have and have analysed, you know, we do believe that £1,000 will represent a significant benefit for the employer. If you look at the employment costs over this time period, so it will add, uh, will act as, a, and as an incentive and reward that is meaningful. Um, you know, we wanted people to be brought back to do meaningful work, so there will be a requirement for the employee to, to work a certain amount, to earn a certain amount over the period at the end of the year. But you know, we, have, we have to move on from all of this. These, these interventions were right. Uh, the furlough was right for the acute phase of the crisis. It protected, as you said, 9 million jobs. But now we have to look forward and we have a range of interventions yesterday all designed to protect support and create jobs especially for example for young people with a kickstart scheme they've been particularly badly impacted by what's happening but also in the hospitality and tourism sector uh, as well and my hope is although not every job can be saved and hardship lies ahead 
as a result of what we did yesterday, we can provide people with some hope and some opportunities for the future. Well, you're walking quite a tightrope, aren't you? We've just been discussing that. Uh, you know, you've got the criticism from the opposition party saying well, you're not spending enough. You should extend the uh, furlough scheme pretty much forever. Uh, you know, three thousand pounds, not one thousand pounds. Whatever the criticism is, um, that they they say they should be spending more. But also on your own side, some of your back benches, uh, there's a few niggles about. Well, how on earth are you going to sort of pay for all of this? How are you paying for it? Yeah, and you're right. There is there is a, a line to tread between those things. My view is that in the short term right now, the right thing to do is to act uh, with significant scale. That does mean that we are spending uh, sums. I, I would obviously rather not have to be in this position, but you know we are we are in it, and it's incumbent on us to try and protect as many jobs as possible, try and preserve what I call the productive capacity of our economy so that we can have as strong a bounce back as possible. Uh, the cost of not acting would be far higher. That's something that the Office for Budget Responsibility and the Independent Bank of England have also said is the right thing to do now. But yes, in the medium term, we must return our public finances to a sustainable place. We can't, we can't forever in a day act like we've acted this year, but this is a once-in-a-generation situation. It required a particular response. We will get through it see where we are, and then set our public finances back on a sustainable footing again. That's absolutely the right thing to do for the country. But you you have been saying you're not looking for austerity. But does that mean, therefore, if you're not having any cuts in the future in terms of public spending, that we are looking at very sizable tax rises in the future? Your predecessor in the uh, Treasury, Sajid Javid, raised this issue in the House of Commons yesterday. Do we have to brace ourselves not just for job losses, but a lot of tax rises coming in the coming years ahead? Well, the best thing to do to limit the long-term damage on our economy is to have as many people uh, back in work as possible. That's fundamentally what drives tax revenues, which then funds our public services, which is why the focus of the interventions yesterday were on protecting, supporting and creating jobs. And if we can maximise those now, then obviously that puts our economy in the best possible place to grow over the coming years. Um, You know, we remain committed to strong public services. You've seen that from the amount we've invested in them during this crisis. Uh, But over the medium term, we'll return our public finances to a sustainable place. It's too early to speculate on the exact shape of how that will work. But obviously, as we get through this and have a clearer picture of the future, you know, we can make those decisions at future budgets. You'll know as well as I do, your popularity ratings are sky high at the moment. Uh, Every time you appear on the telly, we know there's a load of money being handed out. Father Christmas uh, is is your other nickname. What happens, though, when we do, as I say, when we do have to pay for it in the future? And people who, who like me, actually, you know, really support the the furlough scheme, really support a lot of this help for for businesses. And I understand the economists are saying, look, you know, it's cheaper to spend the money now uh, than deal with a mass unemployment. But when we do actually have to pay for it, when we do actually sort of have the full on hangover, of the coming recession, which we're going to get, you're going to turn from Father Christmas into Scrooge. Are you worried about that? You know, I'm, I'm not in this because of a popularity contest. I'm trying to do what I think the right thing to do for the British economy is, and that's my responsibility in this job, uh, and try to protect as many people's incomes and employment as possible as part of that. That means acting in this particular way now, which is what we're doing. And as I said, it's, you know, I didn't expect to uh, have to be in this job during a crisis like this and have to do the things on this scale and obviously not beyond all of our imagination. Um, but it, it will be also the right thing to do 
to the country and our economy to make sure that our public finances are on a sustainable footing again. And I will make the decisions that are required in order to do that. And as I said, it's not about popularity. It's just about I've consistently will just try and do what I believe is, is the right thing and the right thing for the country in the long term. And do you think that one of the right things is ending free parking for NHS staff? It's probably a drop in the ocean in terms of the sort of money you're spending. Uh, the free school meal vouchers uh, decision got the government into hot water. Uh, they keep getting into hot water over these sort of things, which end up being, you know, money down the back of the sofa when it comes to the Treasury spending at the moment. Is that the right decision? Well, I think I'd say a couple of uh, a couple of things. I think with, with things like parking, our position hasn't changed. We have a manifesto commitment to broaden um, free parking for those who use the NHS regularly and are most vulnerable, and we remain committed to that. Uh, also, the health secretary put in place some uh, parking measures for staff during the pandemic, and those those remain. But I think what I would distinguish between is uh, what are essentially one-off interventions uh, this year. So a lot of what we're doing this year, yes, it's really significant in scale, but these are you know, one-off things that we're doing, which are time-limited to provide temporary support to the economy, protect jobs uh, through a temporary period of disruption. And we should distinguish that from... You know, ongoing spending commitments, because that's ultimately over medium term. Once we're through this, we you know we need uh, we need the sums to add up, uh, and that's why we should distinguish between those two things. And whilst it's right to act now in this basis, temporary one-off uh, to help protect people's jobs, um, there's a difference between that and taking on lots of new spending obligations, uh, which we will just have to meet in the future on a year-by-year basis. OK, let's just talk finally about your meal deal. Eat out to help out. So this uh, 50% discount up to £10 per head in all restaurants and pub meals uh, Monday to Wednesday in August. Uh, it's going to cost half a billion quid, encouraging people to go out and about, spend their money in the, in the, the hospitality industry. Um, you were a, a bit of uh, acting as a waiter in Wagamama yesterday, delivering a couple of chicken katsu curries. A um, bit of criticism from of you on social media about the lack of social distancing, not wearing a mask and the like. Are you were concerned you may have sent the wrong message there? So we have very strong guidance out. I was obviously not working there full time. <laughs> and what I would say is, uh, although you know, I'm a big fan of chicken katsu curry and the yakisoba, but um, what, what I would say is the businesses up and down the country have done an extraordinary job to change their businesses to make them COVID secure places for us to come back to. I applaud them for that. I know it hasn't been easy and they're anxious about their futures. Uh, And what I'm anxious about are the 2 million people who work in these industries. They're disproportionately young women, lower paid, BME communities, and particularly in rural and coastal communities, uh, these industries are important. And in order to try and protect those 2 million jobs, uh, I wanted to try something different, which hopefully will capture the imagination and remind us that we used to love going out. That's, you know, our economy is built on social consumption and, and to try and help nudge people into rediscovering that. Yes. And in doing so, if we all eat out to help out with this discount, that will help protect these two million jobs. Well, I'm definitely going to take part in it, but there are millions of people, it seems, who want to stay in lockdown, stay in furlough forever. What is your message right now, speaking to the nation, to the millions of people right now who think, well, I'm not going to a restaurant, I'm not going to go book a hotel, uh, I don't want to go back to work, I want to stay uh, working from home or on furlough. What is your message to those millions of people who are too scared to venture out of their homes right now? I I will say to those people, look, I understand why you're anxious. And for the last few months, we've been telling you to stay at home and not do these things and that was the right thing to do then but because 
everyone has done such a fantastic job of uh, sacrificing and giving up things over the past few months. You know, we've managed to suppress the spread of this virus. We've made enormous progress, and I'm so grateful to everyone and everyone working in NHS for that. Uh, and it's because we're in this new place that we're able to take these steps. Uh, and it's safe, but it's a new normal. It's not as if we're going back to the world we knew before where everything's completely fine and we're just freewheeling. As I said, the shopping experience is different. The eating out experience is different. The queuing, the screens, the one-way system, the ordering on the app. You know, this is a new normal, but it's a safe normal. And even if it takes you a little bit of time, I'd urge you to go and see it, go and try it. I think you'll see and round the changes that have been made will give you the confidence to get back to, for example, eating out in August with our discount or going shopping again. And it's only if we do that collectively as a nation that we're going to be able to protect all of these jobs. And, you know, what I want to do is try and do that. Um, I want to protect as many of these people's jobs and futures as possible. That can only happen, you know, if our economy returns to as much as normal as it can. And hopefully the measures yesterday will help. Across the UK, online, on DAB, and on your smart speaker. Talk Radio. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Online, on DAB, and on the Talk Radio app. Talk Radio. First up, let's uh, get the reaction from the Labour Party uh, to Rishi Sunak's uh, mini-budget yesterday. Uh, let's talk to West Streeting, Labour MP and Shadow Exchequer Secretary to the Treasury. Good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning. Um, so what's your initial reaction? Was it uh, too much, too little or Goldilocks style just right, that mini-budget yesterday? Well, we're starting off on the, on the big positive, first of all. We called on the Chancellor to act urgently to tackle youth unemployment and pointed to the future jobs fund that was put in place by the last Labour government. And to be fair to the Chancellor, he not only listened, uh, in announcing Kickstart yesterday, it was virtually identical um, to the future jobs fund. And we're not knocking that, um, quite the opposite. I think that he's done the right thing there. I guess the, the big overall concern that we have is that we know that for lots of sectors of our economy, the impact of COVID-19, the economic impact is going to be bigger and longer than it is for other sectors. And 
you know, from August, we are going to see some of those schemes he's put in place to support jobs, like the job retention scheme, self-employment income support scheme and others, that, that they're going to begin to wind back and eventually wind up into the autumn. And for some businesses in some sectors, that will simply come too early and the consequence will be even higher unemployment than we might otherwise have. So we were hoping the Chancellor might take a more flexible approach, a sector by sector approach to deal with that problem. Uh, but but in the end, he didn't. And the big challenge the government's got is that its economic response and its public health strategy have to go hand in hand. We still don't have a proper track and trace system in the country that will dent consumer confidence. Uh, but it also means, as we've seen in Leicester, uh, that, you know, there, there may well be other local lockdowns in place and where businesses aren't able to open through no fault of their own. There has to be government support there. And the Chancellor risks pulling the rug out from under their feet far too soon. Well, yeah, I, mean, I think a lot of people agree with a lot of what you said in terms of the economic strategy and the public health strategy going hand in hand. And a lot of people go back, people going out and whether it's to a restaurant or going back to work is going to be about them feeling safe. But um, there is an argument you can't really have it both ways because the Labour Party is constantly saying, look, there's going to be mass unemployment. It's going to be absolutely terrible. The economic effects of this are going to be terrible. And at the same time saying, oh, we shouldn't be coming out of lockdown yet. Um, I mean, you know, it's one or the other, isn't it? Well, actually, we, we, we supported the government easing the lockdown restrictions. They've been guided by the scientific evidence on that, and so have we. And we've supported the lockdown measures being eased. But, but what we've just pointed out is that um, for some sectors things won't go back to normal as quickly. I mean, you know, the, the beauty industry, for example, is still in lockdown, places like gyms, and of course, for the performing arts, um, there, there is no hope or sign yet of those destinations being able to open. And think about, you know, going up to Christmas, panto season is huge for theatres across the country. Uh, but because of, you know, how the virus spreads, uh, we know that it, it wouldn't necessarily be safe and it's unlikely that those venues would be open. Having a specific support package in place for longer for those sorts of businesses would seem to me to be a pragmatic and sensible yeah. way of keeping people in work. Except to a certain extent, we, we have to accept that uh, even where business has been successful until now in a lot of those sectors, they may not be able to be successful and be viable in the months to come because it's it does appear that people are being very reticent about sort of going back out and spending, reticent, you know, even when the non-essential shops reopened uh, and when the restaurants and pubs reopened. I was very happy to be in a, a pub in the afternoon and, uh, and to go to a restaurant in the evening, but and, you know, very noticeable how many people didn't go and do that. Um, mm. That actually, you know, even when these sectors are officially opened up, a huge number of these retailers and these restaurants, these shops, they are the nail bars and everything, they are going to fall by the wayside because people simply don't want to spend their money there anymore. Well, I think for lots of businesses, they, they are viable, but it will take time for them to ramp to ramp up. Um, and... So how long should they be helpful, though? I mean, look, a lot of people, again, if for each individual case, you, you know, it's very, very uh, strong and compelling. But for how long, if it takes a year, two years for things to get back to normal, can we can we really be subsidising businesses for that long? Well, we, it's not a reasonable expectation for the government to be able to save every job. Um, and the Chancellor... Uh, is right to say that we can't just have open-ended schemes. We haven't called for that. But I think uh, in the same way that the Chancellor got around the table with business leaders and trade unions to um, design the job retention scheme in the first place, I think it would be sensible now to have uh, a sector-by-sector approach with government sitting down and sort of working through in detail 
what support might be needed because you know obviously we talked a lot about hospitality for for obvious reasons but one of the big holes in in yesterday's announcement was on manufacturing we're seeing a lot of manufacturing uh, jobs go uh, by definition many of those jobs will be outside of london and the southeast so in terms of the government's so-called leveling up agenda this is not good for the midlands and the north uh, we know these are viable businesses we know that these are important skilled jobs um, time is the enemy here and with a bit more um, support targeted in the right way to the right places uh, we can get the economy through this in a stronger shape which as the chancellor acknowledged himself in his interview um, the, the best way for Britain to have a swift recovery from this is to keep people in work yeah. so that we can get our economy back to growth. Just finally, are you going to take advantage of the Prime Minister's, Prime Minister, the Chancellor's eat out to help out meal deal, getting some money off? <laughs> yeah, we were promised a new deal. What we got was a meal deal. Um, but, you know, seriously, I, I hope um, that that, that, would, that, would, that would do some help. Um, Are I you have gonna... been trying to support. Oh, yeah, no, def- definitely. Um, in fact, Chris Bryant, my Labour colleague, had a really good idea as well, which was, you know, given the levels of hardship in the country, um, if people are saving 10 quid on their night out and um, are able to donate it to a local food bank, that would be a good thing to do. Across the UK, online, on DAB and on your smart speaker, Talk Radio. Chair of the Treasury Select Committee, Conservative MP Mel Stride. Good morning to you, Mel. Good morning, Julia. Good morning. Um, I have to say that the uh, the Chancellor's announcement yesterday largely welcomed. Uh, the only people not welcoming it seem to be people saying he should have done more and gone further and spent more. Um, how many jobs do you think realistically the Chancellor's going to save of those 9.4 million that have been furloughed uh, uh, from his schemes all put together? Well, it's very difficult uh, to hazard any guess uh, as to that question. I, what I think the Chancellor is trying to do now as we gradually come out of furlough uh, is to try and blunt that spike in unemployment and in particular to try and make sure we keep it below the kind of levels that it reached in the 1980s because, of course, what we know is that the economic scarring and the social consequences, particularly for young people, um, is very serious indeed. So, look, uh, this £30 billion has kind of... Some people have come out and said, well, that's not very much. Well, the reality is um, it's because, really, it follows on from well over £100 billion that he's already put into supporting the labour market. These are huge amounts of money. Now, as to whether it's all perfectly targeted and good value for money and will have the best possible effect, I think, you know, that the, the, there are questions to be asked around that. And my committee will actually be having the Chancellor appear before us next Wednesday, and we will be asking him... Uh, lots of questions around those issues. Well, indeed, yeah. I mean, some of these measures will save a huge number of jobs. Some of them may just be more seen as, a, I suppose, just a sort of little rinky-dink little measures around the sides and uh, and getting good publicity and a nice photo op. But which which measure do you think is going to make the real difference? Because the VAT cut may turn out to be more and more significant than paying bonuses to employees uh, for, for every employee brought back by employers who are, frankly, probably going to bring those employees back anyway. And, and if they weren't, then £1,000 probably won't make the big difference yeah i think the points you make on the thousand pounds are are, are very valid Uh, the danger here is that a lot of this expenditure ends up being just dead weight in other words it's received by employees who would have kept on these staff uh, anyway and may not be a a significant incentive to uh, tip the balance in favor of keeping people across the piece but we need to look into this a bit more closely and it may be that at the margins this will have some kind of uh, uh, impact that is worth having. And remember, at the end of the day, it is also, at the end of the day, money going into businesses uh, who desperately need it. Um, the second point, I think, on the VAT is this is a very bold move. And the interesting thing 
about it is that it's targeted on one of the sectors that has really borne the brunt uh, of the crisis, so leisure and hospitality, where incidentally a lot of younger uh, workers uh, are working as well, which is a group that I think uh, we need to be particularly um, uh, work particularly hard to make sure that we find a future uh, for young people as they um, start their, their their careers in life. Um, and I think this could be quite a significant boost. A, a cut from 20% down to 5% uh, is a significant shot in the arm. And remember that with taxes like that, where you reduce them, you get that fiscal stimulus out there immediately. There's no time lag. Uh, it'll start to do its work straight away. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It, it is about money right now, isn't it? A lot of businesses having just, I mean, just scraped staying afloat throughout this on the furlough scheme or, or just hoping that, you know, they've got enough savings to get them through. But actually, um, as the furlough scheme starts winding down, I mean, it's only a few weeks away. We're going to have to start seeing employers having to uh, pay a contribution towards that furlough scheme. Uh, once they do that and they've got no money coming in, savings all gone and no customers, realistically, no £1,000 here or £1,000 there is going to make a difference. They're good businesses are going to go under. Well, I, I think some inevitably will. And unfortunately, the nature of this crisis where the economy has shrunk by 25% in a matter of a couple of months uh, is, is going to be one in which there will be a, a large number of business casualties and there will be a rise in unemployment. I'm afraid that is uh, unavoidable. And there is only so much that governments can do. But what matters is that they do the very best that they can and that they are as effective as they can be uh, in keeping unemployment uh, as under control um, as possible. And I think if you look at what the Chancellor announced yesterday, there's stuff on fiscal stimulus. We've just discussed the VAT uh, drop. There's also the stamp duty drop as well. Um, there's a lot of money going into um, uh, infrastructure spending and doing our hospitals and schools and things that will instantly create uh, employment. And then there's quite a big offer actually on supporting younger people, particularly with the Kickstart scheme, um, particularly those that might be otherwise falling into longer term unemployment. So I think £30 billion under most um, normal circumstances yes. would be considered to be an almost reckless. Online, on DAB and on the Talk Radio app. Talk Radio. Thanks for listening to the Julia Hartley Brewer Daily. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and give me a good review. And don't forget to catch me on the Talk Radio Breakfast Show every weekday from 6.30 until 10. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.